Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Universal credit cuts, fuel crisis, empty supermarket shells, COVID-19 and 150,000 dead. Britain is in a mess. But is Labour offering an inspiring alternative to a calamity that the Tories have unleashed? Or is the leadership more intent on fighting a civil war with its own side? Is Keir Starmer honest? Has he abandoned the pledges he made to become leader? And does he have the confidence of people here, including the people who voted for him, to be leader? We're here, of course, at Labour Party conference in Brighton, the first conference of the Starmer era, and we're going to find out exactly what's going on. Come on, Barry. How is Keir Starmer doing? Oh, is that it? Okay. Um, he's going to do the Conservatives. Which means That's it, what he's going to do. Do the Conservatives. It's not what he's doing, it's who he's doing. Sounds a bit sexual. It, it, no, 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 no. We're going to do the Conservatives at the next election. And that's the point of the Labour Party. And he's the leader of the Labour Party. So we're going to do the Conservatives. Because if you look at what this Conservative government is doing yeah. or not doing, right? We've got queues for fuel. Yeah. We've got no food on the, the, the shelves. We've got energy prices that are going up 90 pounds a month for families and I seem to remember that Mrs Thatcher used to say that's what the Soviet Union was like so if you say who are we going to do we're going to do the Conservatives and we've got to do that as you well know as a party that believes that unity is strength and that we are going to fight the Conservatives together what do you think about party unity because he promised that in the leadership election do you think this is party unity well, he hasn't delivered on that. Let's put it this way. He stood up on unity and getting the party together, but then his fight is with you know, people within the party rather than focusing on the real issue on hand, which is the Tories uh, destroying this country. On the day before he was actually elected, we knew he was going to win. Kia, you're a big pro. You can have unity. Everybody is desperate for unity in our party, given what the right wing did to Jeremy for five years. You can have it on a plate. Your problem will come when the serious right wing media and the right wing in the party put pressure on you to move away from any radical position. And how strong you are will determine your stewardship. And he said to me, don't worry, I know that, and I will be strong enough to resist them. Well, wow. that didn't go well, did it? How's Keir Starmer doing then? Uh, I think he's doing quite well. We're starting to see what he's standing for, what he hopes to fight for in the next election, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, things are. It, this is this is a good conference for him. It's, I remember we're only on day two, but he's having a good conference. I voted for him. I campaigned for him. Um, I feel a little bit let down, if I'm honest with you, Erin. Um, honestly, we've got one of the t- worst Tory governments, if not the, tough, the worst Tory government in my lifetime, because I, I didn't live through the Thatcher years, luckily. Um, one of the worst Tory governments, and we're still trailing in the polls. It's not good. Um, honestly, it's, it's an open goal. 
you know, the Tory government are so corrupt with the dodgy contracts. There's just so many things about that Tory government which is wrong morally, um, everything. And, I mean, it's hard to know what Labour stands for at the moment. I think is waiting for somebody to give them hope you know the people are hurting they're damaged after the pandemic you know people have lost a lot haven't they through the last uh, few months and there's a real opportunity uh, for Labour to lift people and be that party of hope that we've always been and I hope that's what will increasingly come through this week. I think take solace from the fact that it is only the left that has a vision and the policies to deal with all the ills in our nation. The right wing don't, and they haven't now for 12 years, since the collapse of neoliberalism, since the financial collapse. They've offered nothing. The mantra that the market solves everything is completely over. It's not given us affordable public transport. It's not given us a good home for everybody. These are the, this is a moment, I think, where Labour can mark a break in time, if you like. The policies, that were pursued, if you like, through the 80s, 90s and weren't sufficiently challenged in the new Labour years left us weaker in the face of a pandemic than we would otherwise have been. And I think there is a chance now for Labour to say, just as we did after the Second World War, we will rebuild this country after the pandemic with policies that genuinely give security for everybody. What we've seen this week, interestingly enough, policy after policy, we're winning on. We're winning not just on the floor conference, we're even winning on announcements from the front bench. Andrew Rayner did on Saturday announce the employment rights programme that Andy MacDonald developed over two years. Brilliant programme. No one heard about it because all the media was talking about the splits and faction fights, etc. Caused by the leadership. Caused by the leadership. As fuel and food shortages grip the country, in Labourland, Keir Starmer spent the morning in meetings about rule changes and running away from reporters. This row over rule changes, it's something that he engineered, but in the end it has plunged the party into days of infighting just as they needed to come together for this party conference. So, they are debating here the leadership's rules to change the rules in which the next leader is elected and one of the main changes is to increase the proportion of MPs you need to get nominated to get on the ballot paper from 10% to 20%. That's to try and stop left-wingers getting on the ballot paper. Nice for the Labour Party to focus its time on hammering the left rather than the Conservatives. But there'll be a heated debate here. In 1994, neither giants of our movement, John Prescott nor Margaret Beckett, would have made the ballot. In 2010, there would have been no Ed Balls, no Diane Abbott, no King of the North, Andy Burnham. And in 2020, we would have been faced with a very simple choice. Keir Starmer or Keir Starmer. Now, however we voted in that election, can we really say that the debate would have been stronger had we not heard the voices of Emily Thornbury, Rebecca Long Bailey or Lisa Nandy. And there's something that those, there's something those three names have in common. They're all women. In fact, can you guess how many women have had 20% of MPs in the last 40 years? Just one. And how many black candidates? Zero. Our movement is strongest when our best ideas emerge through full debate. 
If we vote for card vote 19, our debate will be paler, maler and staler. Our movement will be weaker. So vote for democracy, vote for debate, vote against card vote 19. Thank you, conference. Now, the changes to party rules designed solely to stitch up the left, for example, by raising the nominations from MPs to 20%, they have gone through. But interestingly, more narrowly than expected, most party members, that section of the Labour Party, a majority voted against. But the leadership was saved by the decision of Unison, who abstained on the NEC, the National Executive Committee, to support those changes. Now, this does make it harder for the left to get on the ballot paper, but not impossible. And the, the system they wanted, the Electoral College, would have made it harder still. So hope remains, but the Labour Party is now a less democratic party than it was before. I think he's pushed through reforms today, uh, this week, that are um, moving the party to sort of signal to voters that the party is changing, whether uh, people like yourself or not might, might disagree. I think he's, he needs to make that break, and that's the way he, he wants to signal it. In relation to finally getting Labour election ready, I think his summer on balance is doing a good job. Um, and I think this is about he's accepted he's lost the next general election, and he's just trying to rig party rules. Um, as much as he can so that the right stays in power and the left loses out. It feels to me at this conference that we've come directly under attack, that the gloves do need to come off. They've come off from Starmer. I don't think there's a truce anymore. I don't think he can call himself uh, someone who is trying to unify the party. He looks like someone who's declared war, frankly, on one, a whole section of the party. People who go day in, day out, campaign. Uh, they campaign for people. They, they knock on doors. They're, they're Labour members, Labour activists. What kind of party turns round to its own members and says, maybe you made a mistake about joining? I thought political parties wanted people to join. Um, so I, I think we're in a bizarre position, uh, and I'm afraid to say that uh, for those of us on the left, we're going to have to kind of think really carefully about how and what next steps we're going to take in terms of making sure that we can, yes, make the Tories be held accountable, but also hold our own leadership accountable for the direction of travel that they're on. I'm afraid I've never felt so disappointed in my 40 years of Labour Party membership and the attacks on democracy for the CLP, for members, mm -hmm. I just don't know where we'll go from here. And if we had that 20% rule in the last 80 years, no woman, no black person, no person of disability would have ever been allowed yeah. to stand for Labour, Labour, yeah. Labour leadership. And that alone, I just don't know what to say. Was he dishonest, do you think, in the leadership election? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> will you nationalise the big six energy companies? Yes or no? No. No, you will not. This is what you said as part of your ten pledges. Public services should be in public hands, not making profits for shareholders. Support common ownership of rail, mail, energy and winter. You, you promised that 18 months ago and now you're saying no. Why? But I don't see nationalisation there. Would you have any of these in your manifesto, potentially? First of all, raise your hands if you're into scrapping tuition fees. That's everyone. Renationalising water and electricity. Yeah. Do you think he was honest, Keir Starmer, in the leadership election? Because he did the ten pledges and party yeah, unity. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yes, but with caveats. We don't just simply believe what politicians say. That's naive. What we do is we continually triangulate what they're saying and manoeuvre ourselves in relation to what they're saying. I don't think we should do that. I think shouldn't politicians just be honest? 
campaigners are moderate, governors radical. If we get into, if we get Labour in government with a solid majority, it can then get, we can go back to all of Keir's pledges and make sure they're enacted. Because I think he genuinely does support them. It's just he's trying to, you know, improve Labour's position in the polls. Do you think Keir Starmer was honest in the leadership election? I think he obviously positioned himself to the left to try and tap tap into that but ultimately he won and he you know it was clear in his videos he was appealing to his work in the miners strike um, he's got a track history with the Stephen Lawrence case so there was an inspiring life story that people on the left really connected to and you saw Laura Parker and, and, and Mason and all these people back him and they chose to instead of Long Bailey. I don't regret backing him for leader because I just wanted us to try and do what I thought he was trying to do which is to pull the left as much as you could especially this pro-remain pro-internationalist left together with the centre to try and run a party that looked to me like it was on the verge of fragmentation. I mean, we talk about the Ten Pledges. Was it just dishonesty? Because... I honestly don't think it was... No, why? But I honestly don't think it was dishonesty. I think the problem with Keir Starmer is he spent his entire professional life as, an, as a civil servant, you know, as a, as a public servant. And I think what it's left him without is a political philosophy. I think that's the problem. So it, it was always clear that... He could be influenced by the left, he could be influenced by the, the centre and the soft left. In the end, I think he's just ended up being totally influenced by those who say that we must win back the Red Wall and to do so we have to move in a blue Labour communitarian direction. And that's what's driving almost, if you're looking for a motive, that's what's driving almost everything they're doing at this conference. To be a member of the Shadow Cabinet is a huge honour and a privilege in the party that I love. And to have to do this is just, has been heartbreaking. It's been the most difficult thing I've ever done. The last Corbyn supporter in Keir Starmer's shadow cabinet, Andy MacDonald, chose party conference to quit his job and deposit a mess on Keir Starmer's parade. It's a sign of the depth of anger on the left as those who backed Jeremy Corbyn sense the party's right is in the ascendant and trying to put the left back in its box. So Clive, we've just heard that Andy McDonald, the Shadow Employment Secretary's resigned. Damning letter, really damning. He was expected to argue against living a minimum wage of £15 an hour and a statute sick pay of a living wage. He says Keir Starmer's not honouring the, the policies, he, the promises he made in the leadership election, that he promised unity, the movement's more divided than ever. What's your take on that? Well, the first thing is that uh, I think Andy MacDonald is one of the, the hardest working members of the Shadow Cabinet. I mean, all, all members of the Shadow Cabinet, I think, work hard, but Andy particularly has worked very hard. I know he was very proud of the package of workers' rights that they'd managed to put together um, to be able to put out before conference. So I think Andy wouldn't have done this lightly. Uh, I think he's been, probably been put in an intolerable position, and that intolerable position is he, be, he came into the Labour Party, and as he said in that letter, he came on to Keir's shadow cabinet to fight for working people in this country, particularly off the back of one of the most devastating pandemics uh, that this country has ever seen that's attacked people's living standards, where we as a party have been consistently saying that if we want to get on top of COVID-19, then we have to make sure that people can isolate and live without going into debt, without going into poverty. And to do that, you need to have a living wage on statutory sick pay. And Andrew was not prepared to go out and say otherwise. And I think in terms of the £15 an hour, I mean, where is this money going to go? It's going to go back into to our communities, to go back into the economy, which desperately needs it, and it's going to go to the people that most need it and most deserve it. We've seen billionaires created during this pandemic, millionaires created during this pandemic, billions handed out to private companies, and yet we can't hand over to working people £15 an hour 
which is a, a living wage to say thank you for all that you did uh, through that pandemic, many of them key workers. So I kind of feel, I understand why Andy's done this, but I think he would have done it with a heavy heart. I'm sure there will be some in the party who will be uh, cock-a-hoop that someone else on the left has left a shadow cabinet. But I think what this does, it makes Keir Starmer's uh, shadow cabinet, it makes Keir Starmer's Labour Party look increasingly like, I think, as John MacDonald said, uh, a very bad Blairite tribute band, and, and that's not a good look. Waste treating. What have you been saying when, about when me on you, social media? When you, I say, I'm talking about your leadership way, campaign. There is no leadership yeah, campaign, you and you've got my phone number, you should have asked me. I didn't ask. And by I just, the way, I, I want to give you a video exclusive, by okay. the way. There are two tweets on my Twitter timeline that people keep on raising. One what that says, me? Tony Blair, Tony Blair, you know, it should, you can't call him a war what hero, it's libelous. The other one is, Tony Blair should be tried at the Hague for his sordid crimes. Do you know who did that tweet? from just my phone, just Owen Jones. That's the exclusive so right there. When you, You're a troublemaker, when do you think Jones. You lead the Party? What year? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, how about... When do you want to be leader of the Labour Party? I don't want to be leader of the Labour Party. How Keir Starmer's is, leader of the Starmer Labour Party. honest? Very much so. Did Why he, is he, did he not be honest? His commitments in the leadership election, did he mean them? Yeah, of course he did. energy? Of course he did. Of course, course he, he meant them. He's not going to nationalise energy, though. Keir, yeah, it, Keir, in terms of the contrast between Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson, oh, you've got honesty, integrity, conviction, okay. lifetime of public service. Why is his Boris Johnson... Deceitful, right. self-serving, harm in the country, and that's Johnson the fight we're having this week. Owen, you've got to decide which side you're on. Decide which side you're on. Where's come back? I'll catch you later. Now, whatever you think about New Labour, they had a solid record on LGBTQ rights. But there are growing questions over today's Labour Party, specifically over transphobia in its own ranks. Now, Keir Starmer's actually been challenged on national television about, for example, the behaviour of the Labour MP Rosie Duffield, widely condemned for alleged transphobia. But it goes wider than that. Some people fear the leadership in order to supposedly appeal to some of its lost voters, is willing to throw the concerns of trans members of the Labour Party under a bus. Basically, we, well, we have had all these sort of transphobic incidents sort of around Rosie Duffield with very little um, sort of... Well, she hasn't really been confronted by leadership, which is what we really need. But also, we've been having the wrong conversations. Like, for the last two or three years, all we've been talking about is the Gender Recognition Act, which is quite low on most trans people's priority list. Like um, both of you have mentioned, 
things like healthcare and employment and access to housing are much, much higher. Like the waiting lists for um, trans healthcare just keep getting higher and higher. We have a constitutional right to start receiving treatment within 18 weeks, and yet our wait for our, the first assessments, just our first assessment before we get our diagnosis, is over two years long, three years long, four years long potentially until we get a diagnosis, which then means we get referred for treatment. So you might not receive um, sort of hormone treatments or surgery for maybe five, six years down the line. And, you know, this is one of the bigger priorities for most trans people in this country. Uh, but also, you know, we've got, um, well, we've got huge wealth inequality in this country, which affects trans people even more. Like um, a survey that came out a few years ago, it was the top thousand employers in this country. Out of one third of them said that they'd be uncomfortable with hiring a trans person. And so we've got massive levels of transphobia in this country that needs to be tackled. And these are conversations that we need to be having, which we're not, because we're tied up over whether it's okay to say whether um, women have a cervix or not. And, you know, we just need to nip that in the bud and get that sort. The Labour Party needs to be very clear on its position that it does support trans rights, and I believe it does. In our CLP, definitely, we're very strong on um, our support for trans people, but um, the leadership, we need to be able to speak up for the trans community and call out transphobia, not just when it comes up, but just constantly, because this is something which isn't just something that comes up occasionally in Parliament, it's something which affects every, every trans person's life every day. This is an everyday issue for everybody. Now, if the Labour leadership are trying to make the left feel as unwelcome as possible within the Labour Party, the world transformed, which started a few years ago because of the Corbyn phenomenon, it maintains its thriving nature, I would say younger than ever, the sort of younger people who the Labour leadership can't actually wish away, who are still infused with the idea of radical transformative ideas. I have optimism for the left. Um, I don't know what uh, the left's uh, next few years are going to be like with Labour, um, but I feel like the left has been organising incredibly outside of the Labour Party, um, particularly Kill the Bill really shows that, all these different grassroots organisations coming together, um, and yeah, being here this weekend has said, you know, proven to me that there's 100% hope um, for the left. Where Corbynism is really successful is amongst younger people. I mean, do you think that's where now the kind of big battle lies, that a lot of people, if we're going to be generous, under 40, uh, who are very disillusioned with the existing order, do you think the Labour leadership maybe is taking them for granted that they'll just vote for them come what may? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've totally disengaged um, because it's just, yeah, it was really disappointing. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I. I don't know. I think there are still young people who are like active in the Labour Party but you know the last few years were amazing in terms of young people and I was canvassing um, and yeah it was incredible so I whether you'll see that um, in the future I don't know. For me as a young member um, I feel like he's alienating young young people um, obviously Corbyn brought young people in their droves to the party um, and it's it's just really you, you may have seen today there's a video going round of um, some young members trying to get them to support the Green New Deal and he's just completely blanked them. Um, it's, it's, it's one of them I, I, I'm not sure about him to be honest. If you look at all the young people who've spoken at conference today and yesterday as well, they've stood up for things like the Green New Deal motion, you know, they spoke 
for what the FBU proposed, which is a socialist Green New Deal. Young people want a socialist future, not because we think it's something that you know sounds cool and like lefty and it's something that was taught to us at university. It's because that's what we need to survive. It's just not feasible to have a future without socialism, and it's something that young people desperately need. So you're a member of Socialist Appeal, which has been prescribed by the Labour Party. Do you think the left should give up on the Labour Party? Uh, no, I think that there's still a fight to be had. I think that there's a battle to be waged across the entire Labour movement. And it's an international question. You've seen kids leading struggles in Chile and Colombia. We saw the amazing Black Lives Matter protests that spread all around the world. There's a desperate hunger for an alternative. There's an insurrectionary energy in the world. Uh, they can't kill that mood. And I think that the battle in the Labour Party, for its soul as a socialist party, is part of that tapestry. It's part of that struggle against the rotten capitalist establishments, the rotten discredited status quo. I just think it's infantile. It's, this is all, I've been in this party since 1979. It's always been what we call in Marxism a bourgeois workers party. It's a part of the institution of British capitalism, but it's got workers in it. And, you know, I'm not surprised. It's definitely got a lot more bourgeois in the last. 18 months so well it's reverted to type hasn't it for jeremy for that one era when we had when jeremy was in charge and we the left were running it it was no longer a trustworthy institution for british capitalism that's why they smashed it that's why they mobilized all resources to to discredit us so we have to think carefully about what the lessons of that were and i think that starmer is going to carry on having acute problems actually making this work by running a left social democratic party in an era that demands left social democratic answers like climate change and, and the rest in in a kind of right-wing way. I th so I think that those contradictions, the, the really sad thing for the current leadership and the shadow cabinet is if you emerge from Brighton with all those contradictions heightened rather than put to bed. And that's why it really surprises me that they've chosen this rule change stuff, that they've chosen uh, the uh, having lost it uh, with Tulo, you know, the trade union, yeah. a labor organization, then they come back with another version of it and they persist. We don't know yet whether or not we'll find out by the time this goes out. They persist. It, why? You know, I've even had members of the right, you know, basically saying, why do this? Uh, Labour do like to squabble with each other. I've noticed. We wouldn't be the Labour Party if we weren't going to have some form of debate about our rules. I love the Labour Party, OK? And I thought you did too. Right. I'm a journalist doing my job. No, 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 no. I thought you did too. I do love the Labour Party. Good. In that case, let's focus on Labour's mission, and Labour's mission is to attack the Tories, you, and we'll keep doing it together. You, but if you love the Labour Party, you don't want it to be harmed, Barry. We'll do it together. Now, if you support the Labour Party, the one thing you want is the Tories kicked out. And a lot of people would say, look, if you're not sold on Starmer, fair enough. But get a bit of perspective, because the real enemy are the Conservatives, and that's fair enough. But there is one issue. If Starmer isn't offering a compelling and inspiring alternative that resonates with millions, and if he is more enthused about kicking his own party rather than offering that inspiring vision, and if he isn't seen to be honest because he says one thing to get elected as leader and then does another, then it doesn't matter what people like me say, the voters aren't going to be convinced. This is a country in a massive mess, a terrible crisis caused by Tory government. And if we want them kicked out, 
Labour is going to have to offer answers which cut through and infuse people to think those crises can be overcome. And so far, I have to say, there is not a resounding success that the Labour Party, as things stand, is ready to do that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.